0: Off the the Groove with with
1: Scotty Dubler. Friday, October 22nd, 2021, episode number 204. 204, baby, here we go. 204, baby, here we go. That's what came out of my mouth this time. I love it. Um, What's going on, dude? What's up?
2: Nothing, man, nothing. Just just ready. We actually recorded two-thirds of this before we... uh, I don't want to say that right now. Just nothing just uh hanging out in oklahoma enjoying the weather change
1: yeah you uh have you have you come to accept that the 2021 season for nationals are, is over or, or have you realized that yet mm,
2: i did i, I think yeah. that's why i've been kind of grouchy the last few days i, I don't know you know I, i'm not done i'm still busy as heck i've got uh, last weekend i did monster trucks this weekend i've got uh, enduro cross next weekend double header endurocross. cross I still have one more arena cross going before the end of the year and possibly doing Robbie Bobby's four day show down there at the uh, Panhandle clash in Pensacola, Florida. So I still possibly have, you know, eight or nine events left this year. So, um, flat track and definitely has hit me. It sunk in. Now I'm trying to move on and start, you know, thinking about next year. It's already silly season. I've heard, I'm hearing a lot of rumors I can't wait until that stuff becomes official.
1: Yeah, it's nuts, man. The amount of rumors I'm hearing, I don't even know. You can't even talk about half of them, because there's no way. Um, right, but, right. But, but yeah, man, I think uh, don't put it all away just yet. We're going to have a jam-packed episode uh, for this episode 204. We got three awesome guests. They're going to talk through the 2021 season, and I'm going to need you to drive those interviews. So I need you to stay in the 2021 mindset for at least another hour or so. What do you think? Like a, tr- like a big truck driver? Yeah, can you do it? <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's a train. I think, uh, like we said at the end of last episode, it it might be good to give, uh, put in a call to uh, to the, what do you guys call yourself? We call ourselves the Three Amigos of Flat Track, uh, keeping flat track, or
2: making flat track fun again. Or there something you go, like that. Well, yeah. Miss yeah. Uh,
1: Miss Kristen B and uh, Ricky Rackman. I think it'd be good to put in a call to at least those two and and have a conversation. And, yeah,
2: and. Kristen and i weren't able to go to the banquet
1: yeah so i
2: think we need to check in with jason andrews who co-hosted the banquet and get get the scoop
1: get the scanning what'd we miss we gotta call andrews and talk to him for a bit yeah he co-hosted this thing dude i'm so stoked to kind of i hope somebody caught that on video or clips of that i've got to see jason andrews co-hosting uh, with uh, with Wygand there, with Weege. And I hear he did yeah. a hell of a job, which you and I knew he would do. Let, let's call Ricky Rackman up first, because he's he's going to be
2: the wilder, the crazier of, of the whole group, I yeah. think. And so let's kick this off with the bang. Let's do it. Hello? Ricky Rackman, what
0: is happening? No, it hasn't even been a week since we spoke, man. It's been like three days, maybe.
2: Dude, I, I miss you all the time.
0: That's right, Scotty.
2: How are you, buddy? I'm good. Hey, first, before before we get into 2021 season, tell me about your experience last weekend down at uh, New Smyrna. Uh,
0: it was really, really cool. You know, one of the things, there, there's a lot of things that I take away from flat track, and I had such, a, such an incredible time this year. But it was kind of cool because, you know, For people that don't know i've actually been a part of the motorcycle community forever i'm kind of i guess what you would call a long distance rider and i'm friends with a lot of bike builders and billy lane who's a very respected bike builder choppers inc was on monster's garage stuff like that billy lane called me and he's like hey are you familiar with sons of speed i'm like of course i am sons of speed they take these you know vintage board track racers you know some of them pre-1925 and they race them and they have all these different bike builders build them and race them and other, you know, local racers race them. And he's like, would you be interested in hosting it? I'm like, absolutely. So we did. So me and my buddy, we left Charlotte, North Carolina, flew to Orlando, drove to Daytona, did sons of speed, went to main street, stayed up all night long, Went right to the airport. <laughs> Our rule was that when you get on the airplane, you're not allowed to bring anything. Not, I mean, when I say anything, I'm saying you can't bring a toothbrush. You can't bring pair of. You have to walk on with pants and a t-shirt, and that's all you can have. Period. Wow. And and we, and so and we stayed up like 30 hours, and uh, I can't do that stuff anymore. But. Sons of Speed was so incredible. It was such a great event. And I'm sitting there, and Danny Affleck is is racing in a bunch of races. I mean, he was listed as racing three different races, I think. And it seemed like every time there was a class of, you know, vintage motorcycles, Danny was on the bike. And it was just – it was really cool because, you know, the cool thing that we all know about Danny is the man loves to race. Mm-hmm. And uh, it didn't matter if it was, you know – Daytona 200 if it was AFT or if it was a 1925 Harley Davidson dude was racing and I think he won a couple races and it was just a really really cool event but when I got there Billy just kind of handed me a stack of papers he goes okay here's the riders and it says there are classes on them and wanted me to do kind of what I do at AFT but also wanted me to be a Scotty Dubler, wanted me to be like everything (laughs) and I'm telling you I love doing what I do in flat track, but I have no desire to do what you do because that takes a certain skill, of which Ricky Rackman does not possess. But it was it was a really cool event, and I had a really good time being here.
2: Dude, that's awesome. It sounded like it was a lot of fun. And those old bikes, there's nothing like them. You know, hand shifting, no suspension. you got to push some of them a mile just to get them running. But uh, it, sure, it sure is a fun no show. Yeah, exactly. No brakes, no brains, you know. Uh, I think that goes along oh, with the gosh. bikes but uh, yeah I'm glad I'm not riding those things but it's cool that you got to hang out and yeah. do that uh, let's let's talk about 2021 what is your let me see I was going to say what is your biggest takeaway or what 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 do you what are your thoughts just uh, briefly uh, uh, about 2021 then we'll kind of talk about the classes
0: well personally I'll tell you when I came into 2020 you know I really didn't have a place in flat track it was just something that I was kind of, you know, I mean, I was a fan from afar, but I didn't know all the different nuances of the sport. You and Christian were always so great. And in 2021, I kind of was me. I got to do the type of things I like to do between two turns. And because of that, I got to learn a lot more about the riders and a lot more about the sport. And I thought there were a lot of takeaways from the sport. You know, I, I think a lot of fans don't understand the budgets that some of these people are working with i mean Corey texter who won the championship again cory texter has his father and son driving his band every race with all their stuff i mean that's his team it's not the haulers that you would see in other forms of motorsports or even the big trucks that you might see a jared or Breyer on so these are people that are spending a lot of money to make little bits of money you know we saw a lot of first-time winners it was you know, I mean, I hated the way it ended up with Cameron Smith, but that was great. And, you know, despite what happened in, um, in Charlotte, you know, my big takeaways were Sammy Halbert being injured and then coming back and winning a race. But then of course, what happened with Sammy and Charlotte was, you know, that's just engraved in my mind and, um that was really really heavy and you know i think the brian smith going on the victory lap with jared meese i mean that that was just like the feel good moment for me it was really incredible going to some tracks of course you know still dealing with the whole COVID situation that made everything unique but uh what 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 i enjoyed the most was the people you know i started in the sport getting you know so much hate which was probably deserved and then hopefully some people were coming around to seeing what my purpose was and meeting not only the writers but the families and the teams and spending more time with all of this and i i just really had a good time scotty i really did you
2: you know it, it definitely showed you know last last year you know you you, like you said you didn't kind of have your place and then and then you know we talked a lot and you know we we, we'd go out to eat breakfast before every race and and people recognize you from mtv and from doing other things but now when we went out this year when we would do stuff before the race or the night before the race people know you from the races now and and and, you know from american flat track and I, i love that
0: and the thing is you know when 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 people especially kids recognize me as being ricky rackman from american flat track that's something that i don't take lightly that's very flattering and because i do love this sport i mean i will i will tell you honestly scotty i could not do this for baseball or any things that i just don't have any interest in and even though i don't know uh Hundredth of the knowledge that you have, I still love the sport very much. And the more I know about it, the more I appreciate it. So when those races are going on, I'm pacing back and forth watching the races, excited about it, and having people that I like, having people that I don't like. And I'm, I was very proud to be thought of as a representative for AFT. And there's one thing I just want to mention really quickly because I think it's, it's kind of cool. You know, most people know me from the rock and roll community, and, you know, I have an apparel line called Cat House. And I decided that I was going to put cat house hats for sale and I was going to give a hundred percent of the profits to the medical expenses for Sammy Halbert. And then I just said, forget about the profits. I'm going to give all the money that we sell on the hats to Sammy Halbert. And then I realized I didn't have that many hats. so I sold out. So on behalf of myself and all the people that bought cat house hats, um, I'm going to double what we sold and we're going to give Sammy Halbert a thousand dollars for his medical expenses. And this is the first time that I'm saying that. And that's something because the rock and roll community stood behind what I wanted to do and and help with some of the expenses. So we're giving them a grand and I thought that's really cool.
2: That is awesome. You know, I I know you and Sammy kind of became friends. You're talking about maybe doing some merchandise maybe in the future with him and and that'll be pretty cool. Um, What I also noticed is on the NASCAR race, Uh, Last Sunday, they showed your tweet and they showed Sammy's crash. And I think that's going to possibly get more eyeballs on our sport, even if it's, you know, something as crazy as Sammy's crash. But it's going to show people how tough our riders are. And I think any eyeballs we get on our sport is good.
0: I, I will tell you this. I mean, of course, you don't want a crash to be what brings people to a sport. But I I will say this quite honestly, and, and I don't know if this will make everybody at AFT very mad at me, and it might, and that's okay because I don't care right now, but when I look at those stands, and I see those stands, and there's so few people in those stands, it makes me sad because flat track is a bitchin' sport. And if you know nothing about this sport and you go to one of these races, you are going to be blown away. And the fact that these grandstands aren't filled is just is just a real shame because, you know, I've, I've been working in NASCAR for many, many years, and I, worked for, I still work for Dover. I'll be back at Dover next year. I've been to every single track and seen so many people there, and I love my NASCAR, but I'm telling you, when it comes to being at the edge of your seat, there's nothing like flat track. The races are shorter for all of us now that have such short attention spans. And I think it's it's just sad that more people aren't in the stands. I mean, the people that listen off the groove, they know about flat track. But if people wonder, like, what the hell is Ricky Rackman doing in flat track – what I, my job was, is I'm hoping to get all of those people that don't know about the sport to watch this sport. Cause all you gotta do is go to a race and you're gonna be like, oh my God, this is amazing. You know, maybe you're gonna root for only this guy cause he rides an Indian or a Harley or cause this guy's from your small town or you know nothing about the sport at all. You're gonna have a good time because these races are incredible. And, you know, I, I think there's a lot that can be done to make flat track a more exciting sport for the fans, but it's a great sport as it is. It really is.
2: Yeah, I, I, I agree with you 100%. I also, one more thing before we talk about the individual classes, uh, you came to the booth in Volusia and hung out with me for a little while during practice and qualifying. Cause there wasn't much going on for you and got to hang out and do a little color commentating. You didn't seem like you, you, you were comfortable but you did the same thing at Charlotte. And I don't know if it's because it's your home track. I don't know if it's because you've learned more and more about these riders and stuff. But man, when you came in the booth, it was so much fun. And it just seemed like you felt like you are at home when you're sitting beside me at Charlotte. So uh, thanks for coming up well, there. Uh, and, I, and I enjoyed visiting with you.
0: Well, let's be honest. I mean, Scotty, me and you are friends. When I came up there in Volusia, I was awkward, and I don't want to be the – what people don't know is, because I do love this sport, I tried to be a play-by-play guy probably about five years ago. I did the audition, and I said, guys, I suck. I'm not good at this. So I thought my AFT days were done. I am not a play-by-play guy, but when I'm up there with you – I'm still not a play-by-play guy. I'm a fan that won't shut up. So if I'm (laughs) talking about certain things, it's because I'm just talking just like, I want to be that guy in the stands that's next to you that when you used to say, like, you know, when we used to go to the races and we used to say, "Ah, I hate Rusty Watts, I love Dale Earnhardt, and this is why. Well, I want to be that guy at flat track that's saying how much, you know, oh, God, will anybody have anything for Dallas Daniels? Oh, I'm really hoping Maxwell wins, or I'm hoping Dallas wins, or I I want to be that guy and that's what I am and when I was up there in Charlotte it's because me and you were friends because all I was doing was just being that loudmouth fan that's (laughs) saying what I see and I'm having a good time with you so that was the big difference and I wasn't up there thinking I have to do a good job because I know when I was up there with you in Charlotte if I did a bad job who cares it doesn't matter I was just having fun and that's exactly what I was doing I mean you know I did not work in flat track because i want to make money because it ain't there i was doing it because i love doing it and i had such a good time and you and Kristen and brad jones are uh who produced our stuff is a big reason why i had such a good time 2021
2: absolutely let's talk super twins just a little bit jared meese won the championship Breyer was doing what he had to do at the last round unfortunately went down and and that kind of handed jared the championship but uh, the battles in that class were, were were epic. They were good, and it came down to the wire, and that's all we could ask for in the Super Twins.
0: And, and for, you know, in the starting of the season, we were like, there is no chance. You know, we all want a battle that really comes down to the last race. In every sport, we want a Game 7, and we had a Game 7, and we did not know who it was going to be. Was it going to be Jared? Was it going to be Brier? unfortunately the way things ended yes jared's a champion but we know that it left a bad taste in everybody's mouth i mean i think Breyer is like you know what maybe if the track conditions were a little bit better because briar was running away with it and yes jared won the championship but i think jared definitely didn't want to win that way but what jared did this year was absolutely amazing it was like You know, before, when we saw a shirt that said anyone but Meese," it's like, well, this is kind of a stupid shirt to have because it's everyone but Meese." But then towards the end of the season, it really was anyone but Meese." And, you know, what, what, I mean, and they they were, I mean, look, look at what happened with the last race. I mean, there was, even though it was Jared and it was Breyer pretty much most of the season, there was a little bit of parody. And, you know, you know, seeing J.D. Beach and seeing there was some some interesting things that happened at at some of the races that were unexpected.
2: Absolutely. Let's go to production twins. Unfortunately, we didn't have the championship battle at the last race because Corey Texter was on a roll with seven wins, 13 top fives. And like you mentioned a a few moments ago, uh, it's it's the the uh, G&G team in a van, you know, spending months and months away from home. And Corey Texter won the championship. Chad Coast, you know, looked like he ended the season on a high. Dan Brownlee was third in the points. Ben Lau. And uh, unfortunately, Dalton Gauthier broke his ankle, still won the race. But we didn't get to see him for about the last, you know, six or seven rounds. So uh, production twins was a was a good class, It's except for the championship was sealed up with, you know, a couple of races to go.
0: Yeah, I think if you put a microphone in front of Corey Texter's mouth right now, he'd still say, you know, I'm still not getting the respect that I should be. It's like, Corey, dude, you are getting the respect, okay? You're the champ. You ran away with it. Corey was great this year, great with the hole shots. Um, Yeah, Dalton was – I mean, you would see Dalton walk around the pits and it hurt just watching him walk around the pits. But there was nobody that had anything for Corey Texter and – you know, I, don't, I, I assume Corey's going to be doing the same thing next year. I don't know. You know, no. I'm wondering what Corey would do if he was in a different class.
2: Yep. we'll we'll have to wait and see what silly season brings. He might get a ride. He might ride, you know, same people. He might move up the class with that same bike. I'm not sure, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, lastly is AFT singles. It was Dallas Daniels and Maxwell. This one went down to the wire as well. Maxwell did everything he could and did what he was supposed to do. He won the last race, but it just wasn't enough. Uh, the, the gap was too big going in. But uh, that was a heck of a battle between Dallas and Max. And then you throw in some other heavy hitters. Morgan Mishler, Mikey Rush, and Trevor Bruner. It was a great season in the singles class.
0: And you can't – I mean, Trevor Bruner is another, you know, comeback story of one of the most horrific crashes. And then I think he came back the next day and won one of the semis, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. It was like Trevor Bruner was another guy that had some – and and seeing that, you know – battle between I think it was at the Springfield short track between Trevor and Dallas I mean that got ugly and as much as that's bad we love it you know that was another (laughs) great takeaway between that because that was like you know it was one of those ones where you draw sides and that's what we want we want the good versus evil I'm not sure which one was I think Trevor was the one that was kind of playing evil in that one whether he is or not but that was a, that was a lot of great racing in that division as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and it was Yamaha versus Honda versus KTM versus, and there's you know throw sort of the Suzuki up there with the Wally Brown team, and and uh, that's what we need also. So the singles was great. Um, one more thing before we let you go, tell me about the banquet. I didn't get to go.
0: How was it? Well, you and Kristen were definitely missed, and I will be honest with you. It was a great, great time. They did it at DEI, which was, you know, I'm I'm getting married December 12th, and uh, you're going to be there, Scotty. And okay. um, yeah, the problem is we take this big, beautiful place to get married, and then Leah and I walk into DEI, and she's like, I want to get married here. You know, it was just, it was a great event. It wasn't too long with sponsor, you know, and I mean, you know, Jared Meese is—he does what he's supposed to do. He's up there thanking sponsors for days. This banquet wasn't filled with that. It wasn't filled with—I mean, there was also sponsor love, but it was a classy event. I think it was pretty good. Um, it would have been nice to get a little bit of musical entertainment and maybe a celebrity or two, but I had a really, really good time, and it was another opportunity that I got to talk to people, you know, away from the track. Dallas Daniels' father came up to me. I mean, this made me feel really old, but it was still nice when Dallas Daniels' dad came up to me and tells me that he used to watch me on TV as a little kid. (laughs) (laughs) So that, 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 I mean, I get that stuff. That stuff is always like, oh, yeah, you know, talking to these people that I think are my peers, and they're telling me that they watched Ted Banger's Ball when they were children. I was like, wow, you know, that's a, I'm getting old. And it was, uh, but it was a classy event. The food was great. And, uh, you know, it was neat. You know, it was flat tracks, got some great people in the sport, Great people behind the scenes, you know, from Mission Foods who did such a great job. And, and they're down in the sport because, you know, Juan raced flat track, you know. So it's a great sport that I think is – um, how do I put this? It's It's just like it's like a secret to people, and it shouldn't be. I think flat track should be a bigger sport. And I know that we all know that, but – coming from a promotion background and working in NASCAR for many years and working in entertainment with rock and roll for many years. You know, flat track is good, and I think it's a shame it's not much, much bigger because, as you know, it wasn't that long ago that there were a lot of people in the stands.
2: Yep, I am right there with you. So, uh, I think I think AFT needs to hire you and and put you in charge of marketing and and getting butts in the seats. I think that'd be awesome. And I'm going to I'm going to keep talking so you can't add anything right there. Uh, what are your big plans for the off season?
0: I'm going to get married. Right? I am going to go to France. Hopefully, yeah. I'm going to that's where my fiance is from. I am going to uh, plan a motorcycle ride for next year. Every year I ride my motorcycle and pick a different charity and raise money. I've raised 32000 for Stop Soldier Suicide. I raised $22,000 uh 2 years ago for the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation. And um, so I'm going to kind of work on stuff. I'm going to do more rock and roll stuff. I'm going to bring back my cat house hollywood podcast i'm going to do another podcast called hot biscuit and croissant i'm going to ride my motorcycle a lot i don't know what i'm going to be doing as far as motorsports next year there is no plans as of today for me and aft at the very least i will be going to races and bugging you as a fan that is without a doubt i know um Have you announced all the schedule for twenty twenty one? We haven't really
2: talked yeah, we haven't really talked it over. I've got it here sitting in front of me. It's on our list of things to do, so we're possibly gonna do it in the intro and outro. But it looks pretty interesting to me.
0: Well, I will tell you, I will be at Charlotte as a fan, and I how can I not go to the Bristol Dirt Race?
2: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you
0: if you did not announce that, flat track and I and I know I'm allowed to say it, I think. And if I'm not, you can just blame it on me, Scotty Dubler. Flat track is racing the Bristol dirt race. And I believe it might be even during NASCAR weekend. So I will either be at those two races as a fan and probably more, or maybe I'll be with the series. I don't know. To be quite honest, I would say it's 50, 50, whether I'll be with the series or not. If I am with the series, um, Hopefully, I will have some input in how I can maybe make the sport grow. And, you know, I'm assuming that it would be with you and Kristen because you guys are not only, you know, so helpful to me. The the thing that people don't realize is, you know, I've been in television for a long time, not only rock and roll, but in NASCAR, I've done reality shows, I've done all this stuff. And very rarely do you find on-air talent that doesn't have some sort of competition, that they feel like they've got to outdo the other person. And what I want people to know that watch the show is there is absolutely zero competition between myself, you, and Kristen to the point of Kristen lost her voice at one of the races. I believe it might've been the first race at Mm Volusia, if I'm I'm not mistaken. She lost her voice. That stuff happens. Now she could have easily done what she could for me to do an average job so Kristen looks, you know, like, look, nobody can replace her, and nobody can. But Kristen went out of her way, and so did you, to make sure that I did as good a job as I possibly could on the NBC broadcast. And if I did an okay job, it's because you guys really went out of your way. There's things that that you are good at and Kristen's good at that I don't want to do, and there's stupid, goofy things that I do, that you guys, hey, Ricky, why don't you do this for between two turns? The three of us really did work together as a team. And again, Brad Jones as a producer was was also a big part of that, that w- that, that made it fun. And, you know, w- the, the three of us, especially me, you and Kristen, we really are a team. We really do want the best product to be put out there for everybody else. And sometimes, you know, we had to work with things like, oh, we're announcing a race and there's no speakers, you know. Little things like that make it difficult sometimes. (laughs) You know, like, oh, so we're announcing a show and there's no speakers. However, there were several times when um, the speakers simply didn't work because Ricky Rackman didn't turn on the microphone. (laughs) And which is really good considering that I have spent, since 1990, I've had a microphone in my hand. And I know that the people at Facebook, the the lovely people at Facebook, which I didn't know, every single person on Facebook is a professional racer, a television expert, and an expert in the world of broadcasting. So they know how to do all these things and they never make mistakes. The fact that I sometimes went on with my microphone turned off is just, is completely idiotic considering that I've done this for so long, (laughs) but I accept the blame. And the reason that it happened was because I screwed up. There you go, I screwed up. How it didn't turn the microphone on is beyond me. But it happened maybe once or two dozen times, I think.
2: Maybe once, maybe once. But uh, Ricky, tell everybody how to find the Cat House merchandise.
0: Please go buy Cat House shirts at CatHouseHollywood.com. We're going to be doing something called Cat House Racing. There'll be a podcast called Cat House Hollywood out very soon where I just talk about all the great stories from my old club, Cat House. And uh, I also host, I don't know, it's so funny, my number one job I don't talk about. I've been hosting a nationally syndicated radio show called Racing Rocks that has been on the air for 20 years on rock and roll stations all over America, where I talk about NASCAR and rock and roll. But I've been talking about Flat Track on that radio show, because i want the world to know about flat track so i'm all over america preaching the gospel of flat track because uh, i want everybody to know about how great i think this sport is
2: absolutely ricky thank you so much for your time you did a wonderful job this year i'm glad you're my friend and uh hopefully hopefully we'll see you soon down there at your wedding and uh have a good time in france all right
0: thank you scotty i will talk to you soon my brother
1: thank you you called it. He kicked it off the bang. That dude's full of energy. I love that dude's passion for the sport.
2: You know, and he doesn't hold really anything back. He's like, you know what? He, he he says it as it is. He says he's not hired to be the play-by-play. Play. He's not hired to do what Kristen Beat does. He's like the hype man. He's like the the glue that glues the whole chaotic mess together. He 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 just says that how it is and i love it
1: yeah he's uh he's definitely won over the crowd the flat track crowd and, and they've we consider him as one of our own for sure he's done a hell of a job this year covering the sport and uh he has brought a lot of new a lot of new eyeballs to uh to motorcycle racing i think uh from the rock side of things so uh and continues to do so so uh, hope to hope to hear from him more in the off season for sure
2: and and what was cool is they posted his tweet not only in the xfinity race but also the the sprint cup the biggest of the biggest in nascar and they showed sammy's crash on national tv during the race and rick allen talked about it that's just more exposure yeah not people like us carter don't want to see the crashes but if that's what it takes maybe to to do commercials to get people to look at american Flat track i'm okay
1: with that we got two more. We got at least two more interviews for this one. You want to call up Kristen Beat next? I think I think I think I think, let me say that one more time.
2: I think she can fit us into her schedule. She's getting her hair done right now, no. and she said she would talk to us. Yes, absolutely. I love it. She's got a bachelorette deal tonight. Oh yeah. So she's too busy. She said she would step into the other room, but I just didn't think that was fair. So I said I said, "Just ask your hairdresser if we could talk to you for a minute." So let's let's give her a call.
1: Let's do it.
3: Hey, y'all.
2: What's up, B? What's up?
3: What's up? Are
2: you getting your How hair do you- done right now?
3: <laughs> I'm getting my hair done right now. This girl's oh. not got any time. I'm well, scared.
2: <laughs> tell your hairdresser we appreciate the time here on Off the Groove. So it's it's been a minute since we <laughs> talked like a whole week or so. Uh, have you caught your breath after the season's all done?
3: I think I'm still catching my breath. I am still reliving the last main event of the season in the super twins class <laughs> and i'm sure you are too i'm still trying to wrap my head around how everything happened and uh, uh the more that i see it the more impressed i am by how far the sport has advanced um but yeah i'm trying to catch my breath still how are you doing with it
2: I, i'm doing all right you know it it was a scary moment for me like even my dad messaged me and said you know calm down relax or whatever but you know i i honestly I thought the worst when Sammy crashed and it it took Mm -hmm. a minute for me to get over that. And then to watch Briar climb back on that motorcycle was incredible. Like, you know, that's the heart of a champion right there.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was so challenging to kind of look at that. And I just remember turning around and walking behind the podium banner. And I just remember praying because I didn't know in that moment, if Sammy was going to be OK, um, you know, obviously we saw that Briar was moving and we were grateful that he was moving. But when Sammy for as long as he didn't move and um, you know, that, that was really scary. And that's the first time I've seen anything like that in person. And I would be lying if I didn't say I was absolutely shook in that moment. But, yeah, that was definitely a, a scary one to cover. Let's
2: uh, let's start with the beginning of the season, um, and then you know, kind of work our way through. Um, what stuck out to you is is any one moment of the season that just stands out to you uh, uh, about our 2021 season?
3: Gosh, a moment that stood out. Mm. That's tough because we have so many special moments. I mean, even just looking at the final round with Davis Fisher earning his first win, to me that was very special because in the circumstances that we were racing in, um, I love first-time winners. I think that's always very fun to, to be able to cover. I loved seeing Maxwell kind of find himself and come into his own this year. That was exciting. Um, I loved following the Turner Racing Honda singles team to kind of see um how riders like Trevor Bruner and Cole Zabala matured both on the bike and off the bike, just speaking with them and the development of their confidence was huge to follow. So you know, there was just a lot of little moments that kinda of made twenty twenty one special.
2: What I what I like the, about what you do, and this probably goes without notice, or some people, you know, people at AFT notice, but you call these riders throughout the week, and you get the backstories, you get what they're working on, you get the riders feel, and you bring that to not only to the Track Pass broadcast, but also to the NBCSN broadcast, and it's amazing this, the stories that you that you came up with this year.
3: Well, I appreciate that. Um, You know, it's always exciting to be able to be a part of the NBC sports crew. And um, what I really enjoy is being able to be live on site. But then also, um, you know, we also have the NBC show that airs later, and they they do a live cut from that. And uh, being able to develop those relationships every season when I come back, you know, the athletes are opening up a little bit more. And I'm able to get to know them more as people, not just writers and kind of dig deeper in the story. And it, you know, I'm really blessed in that. I get that he really holds a special place in my heart because those writers and the athletes and the families are just so accessible and genuine and grounded. And, um, there is no ego. I mean, there's some, you know, <laughs> we, we wouldn't have the attitude if, if there weren't, but you know, you just get these really great personalities and uh, it's really special
2: yeah, oh. you know, uh let, let's talk Super Twins just a little bit. And you, you mentioned how tough Sammy was, you know, to check himself out of the hospital just to go to the banquet. Uh But you got Jared Meeks. <laughs> a, a,
3: send it, Sammy. Have you ever heard yes. of Wreck-It Ralph?
2: <laughs> yeah, I've seen, it, it heard of Wreck-It it Ralph. In my
3: head, send it, Sammy. Sammy <laughs> yeah. always sends it.
2: So, instead of park it like Sammy, we should start send it send it like Sammy. I like it uh, send it like Sammy. <laughs> I got you, but you know there there's some tough customers in all three classes. You look at Jared Meese, who had a a very serious injury. It was more serious than he ever told us about until it started healing up. And he comes back and wins mm-hmm. the championship. He got Brandon Robinson, who who twisted his knee so bad he had to have surgery uh, a few days after the last race. You know the the list goes on and on. Sammy had pins pulled out of his out of his foot just so he could race again a, a few weeks later. So the the toughness is there, and I, I think I think you can see that more. You know, like like I said, you talk to him every week. You're down there on the ground with them, and you can see just how tough our customers are.
3: Yeah, I mean. Just the the way the athletes kind of rebound in this sport is so spectacular, and I think that that says a lot about how the sport has advanced, how the technology has advanced, the safety equipment, um, and being able to tell those stories. Um, it is really impressive. You know, I think I said it in Charlotte when Briar got back on the bike. Um, those are remarkable moments in sports. They really are, and as much as it shows. um, just how the sport has progressed with safety, it also shows just how much grit these riders foster, like how these riders operate. and just I mean, I've seen a lot in covering stick and ball sports and football and baseball and basketball, and you see guys who have a sprained finger not get back on the court, and granted sports are each uniquely and innately different, but when someone takes a fall like some of the falls that we see in this sport and to come back, it really is a testament to how... Um, just how strong these guys
2: are! Absolutely. Uh, another, you know, neat moment or uh, a personal favorite moment for me. And Ricky talked about this a few moments ago when we called him. Is is when Brian Smith hopped on the back of Jared Meese's bike and they took that victory lap. They were oh. they were enemies just a few years ago, but they're still friends. They still grew up racing against each other. And what a way to send Brian Smith out!
3: Oh, that was so special. That was such a good. That was a feel-good moment. I also love the backstory with that where Jared Nees actually lent his bike to Brian Smith when they um, were kind of figuring it into the first day at Sacramento. Brian just couldn't get the bike where he needed it to be. And because they hadn't done a lot of testing this year, of course, he was running a limited schedule with the miles. Um, you know, that was one of those. I think moments that speaks to the integrity in the community of the sport where Jared said, you know what, Brian is struggling. He deserves more than this in his last race. Start borrow my bike.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
3: That was special.
2: That was such a good moment in our sport. Let's uh, let's talk about production twins just a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, Corey wrapped up the championship a little too early to come down to the wire, but there's still great racing in every race. And then, uh, you know, Janish. Uh, gets the nod to ride the Vance and Hines Harley and finishes out with several great finishes and gets his first oval win and his first win on a twin there at Charlotte.
3: Oh my gosh. And I just loved um, kind of the carousel of talent that we saw coming from the Vance and Hines pit. I felt like Terry Vance this season was at a loss after Dalton's injury until he started testing different riders to see um, where they were at and just to give them a little more exposure, to give them a shot. And not to say that every single one of those riders he... um, you know, gave an opportunity to throughout the season, we'll have a full-time ride next year, but he gave them exposure and he gave them an opportunity to race under a tent that had amenities that they had never um, been able to utilize before. So that was really fun to see. It was fun to see how well Morgan Mitchell could perform with help. It was fun to see Jesse Janish, you know, and it's so funny, he said it this way, he goes, I think this is like my sixth or seventh life. Like <laughs> I'm getting a second <laughs> chance and uh mm-hmm. he you know he just made the most of it and that, those are really fun stories to follow too
2: yeah, the AFT singles class didn't disappoint either. Went down to the wire, uh, not only between manufacturers, but you know Dallas Daniels trying to defend his championship. Maxwell had uh, the best year of his career, almost won the championship. Won the last race, which he had to do. Uh, you mentioned Morgan Mitchell a second ago. He he was on rails this entire season. Uh, Rush mm-hmm. was fourth and Brunner was fifth. But um, a very emotional Dallas Daniels after he won the championship. More emotional, I think, I've ever seen from him before.
3: Well, I think a lot of that emotion had to do with the track conditions, had to do with that night. Um, Dallas only needed a 13th or better. He wasn't stressing about the championship. I think we forget how young Dallas Daniels is. You know, mm-hmm. Dallas Daniels is still so young comparatively, and that track was exactly what he described it as. And Victor said that track was treacherous. And when you have a championship on the line, when you have um, – and he had a, a few really scary falls. This year, this was the first year when we saw, you know, and because Dallas races, you know, wholeheartedly, there is no, um, he just isn't, and it's not that he's not cautious. I don't know how to word this, right? Scotty, you may be better at wording this correctly, but he races with such intensity then he falls with the same intensity, right? And so he had some pretty horrific, you know, incidents this year, and he got up and he was fine, but racing on another track where you might have some hesitancy because track conditions aren't, aren't um favorable for intense racing. I mean it was more of like a careful calculated race. I think if I was Dallas Daniels, I would be emotionally taxed at the end of that um th- of that main event as well. You know, I think just the emotional roller coaster of that day, of the limited track time of the championship. I think all of that in culmination kind of the emotion we saw in Victory Lane because this season has not been easy for him. I mean he he had himself a season and I know that he wanted to win with he had told me something really interesting before um, the the Charlotte round and he had said that he wanted to make sure he won at Charlotte with a sizable points lead over Maxwell because even looking back to Springfield he felt like because he was given Springfield um, that he didn't like that almost it's almost like he wanted to win enough to, to where no one could doubt his winning of the championship, to where no one could say, well, he was given Springfield. Um, right. He wanted to win with a points gap, and so he was putting that pressure on himself as well. And we saw, I mean, just the emotional spectrum from Dallas Daniels that day, but he handles everything with such grace and such poise. Again, I have to remind myself how young he is because he, we would never think it because of how mature he is.
2: Absolutely, it it was incredible. You know, watching him. You know, after his crash at Peoria, I thought he he missed a few rounds. He didn't miss a beat. I mean, it was incredible.
3: No, it really yeah. was, and I mean, just seeing him get get back on it after he did. We, the season itself, the schedule, I think, helped a lot of riders, Sammy included, Jared, of course, who uh, sustained earlier season injuries. Having those breaks in the schedule was nice, um but at the same time, to not to underestimate you know, the amount of grit, like we talked about earlier.
2: Right. You, you speak of the the schedule. They they kind of put the schedule out at the banquet that unfortunately neither one of us got to attend. But um, have you taken a look at the schedule for next year yet?
3: I have, and it is very exciting. Um, I, I think there are a lot of good stops. I love going back to South Dakota. Um, hitting mm. all the bike weeks is going to be awesome. Laconia again. Um, so I think there are a lot of things to look forward to in that schedule.
2: I I do too. And uh we you know, I'm I'm lucky enough not to just to get to work with you here with American Flat Track, but we also do the Enduro Cross series and we do Ooh, the Arena yeah. Cross series. We're we're in a, a pretty heated battle in Enduro Cross right now, we're headed to Phoenix this weekend and then Denver for a doubleheader. Um mm-hmm what how do you how do you shift gears from going go fast and turn left on dirt tracks to going over boulders going over you know rock uh, you know concrete barriers tires how do you how do you shift gears and and prepare for the next season even though we're halfway through the endurocross season already
3: yeah you know it's so funny shifting gears um, mentally as far as like covering the different sports is easy shifting gears on the home front being able to kind of get back in check. Like, I'm at salon right now getting my hair done as we speak. So, like, <laughs> shifting gears um, and being able to, like, kind of do the home stuff is always what throws me for a loop. It's like, wait, I have six shows so I also have Fort Lauderdale Boat Show um, in between Prescott and Denver. So, I'll be gone for the next 14 days oh. on the road. And wow. so, it's like the things at home, like, okay, I need to be studying boats this week and Duracross um and and kind of mix those things in so it's not so much a matter of like shifting gears with the shows because I know motors that's not a question like I know the sport I know the riders I've been doing it long enough to where um you know I can pretty much adjust to anything within the show because it's all about just asking questions and studying preparation the home stuff that's where things get crazy and Scotty I know you probably know this as well it's it's the home stuff that sometimes throws us for a loop
2: Oh yeah. Like, like when I get home, I I know I got to do laundry. I know sometimes I got to mow the grass. (laughs) I know I got to eat at some point. And you know, there's just, there's not
3: time for everything. I got to feed the horses. I got, (laughs) I got Rocky boy to take care of. I'm trying to balance all the home stuff. And it's one of those Mm. really funny things where like, um, even just having a life, like checking on your grandparents. I called my grandparents uh, this past weekend. It was my cousin Jenna's wedding, and I wasn't able to attend, obviously, because that's something we miss a lot of. Like you'll probably be able to, t- to you know, testify for this as well, is you miss a lot of the special stuff like weddings and birthday parties and weekends at home. And you know, I call to catch up with my grandparents, and I didn't realize it until my Grammy Bobby tells me this, but she goes, you know, Chrissy, you haven't called in three weeks. I'm like, oh, my uh-huh. gosh, I haven't. And you, yeah, and you think about those things and you're like, I just don't know where I would have the time. Um, So it's sometimes the home stuff that it's harder to shift gears and and make sure that you're prioritizing the things that are truly important. Because the work stuff, you know, I always come in prepared. I always print my books. I always do my calls. But then I also try to create a healthy balance of making sure family comes first and making sure that those things are taken care of as well.
2: Well, I I asked Ricky this when we got done talking, I'm going to ask you too, but there's not much of an off season for us since we're already going to Enduro cross. Like I said, there's three rounds left. And then we have a short break and then we have arena cross starting up in January. So what, what are you looking forward to in a few weeks that you might be able to catch up on things? I mean, any big plans for the holidays?
3: Yeah. So I'll be starting Hoosier arena cross the first week in November. Um, so we kind of just hit things full uh, full force every single week and pretty much through December with exception to uh, the week of Christmas. Um, I'm pretty much booked this year, but it's a good thing. I like staying busy and I like continuing with everything we're doing. But, um, you know, I'm looking forward to the holiday. I'm looking forward to Christmas, being able to, um you know be home with the girls reagan and riley my two nieces and spend some time with mom and dad and family and i know you have a canadian you're looking forward to seeing so that's exciting on your end i'm sure absolutely but sure is the holidays um definitely looking forward to kind of just settling down and having christmas at home
2: awesome i sure am too well Kristen, i'll see you uh actually uh, i'll see you soon at, at phoenix and then i'll, I'll see you wrap up again the- Yeah, absolutely. But hey, (laughs) thanks so much for taking the time to kind of recap and get your thoughts on the 2021 season. We we definitely appreciate you
3: checking in with us. Next time I talk, we'll have to do it on a day when I'm not getting my hair done. But uh, next time, we'll (laughs) definitely uh, maybe do a Skype call so we can do some video for Facebook or something fun like that.
2: That sounds like a plan to what me. We, Thank what we you so need much. To is
3: we need to get Mies on. I want to ask Mies a few questions about post championship cuz I heard that uh, he got a little Sunday at the AMA championship banquet. We never see Jared loose, oh, so we might have we oh. might have to put him on the hot spot and uh, do a little Skype uh, FaceTime sort of deal.
2: Sounds like a plan to me. Kristen, you got it going on. Thank you so much for your time and we'll see you this weekend at Prescott Valley.
3: I will see you there. Bye. <music>
1: So nice of Miss Kristen B to fit us in on her busy, busy schedule. I mean, literally getting her hair done, chatting with us on off the group. How cool is that?
2: You could you could hear it going on in the background. If anybody's been to a beauty shop, which is a little different than like going to a guy's hair, you know, where where guys get the haircut, you know, because the guys are watching sports sometimes and stuff like that. What's a haircut? There's all kinds of gossip. You don't know what a haircut is. You can't you get can your haircut yourself. So it's just it was cool because there's a lot a lot of stuff going on in the background but Kristen took the time and like i said you know i'm lucky i get to work with her for three different series you know not only aft but uh, arena cross and we just uh well i just picked up enduro the enduro cross season which we're already halfway through i I missed one round last weekend because of the rain out in charlotte i was supposed to be in reno uh but unfortunately that didn't happen so i've got prescott valley this weekend and then doubleheader next weekend in denver to wrap up that season but uh it's just crazy and I, I love working with Kristen. she is in it for the she's in, you know she's in it to win it she's in it for the long haul however you want to look at it
1: not afraid of uh busting her ass and and i mean you find her even in the during the downtime sitting down i even caught a, a, a clip of her send down writing notes and that's what she does she's she's top notch uh self-produces uh which is awesome for a talent and uh, not afraid to get in there and ask the tough questions so uh, awesome to always check in with Kristen and kind of hear her thoughts on the season
2: I was going to say one more thing about Kristen is she wants the, 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 the production and the, the TV show to succeed so much she takes notes and she sends those on to the producer Caleb she sends those on to y. Gant, who's going to be the play by play for TV and you know obviously the color commentator is either there or has already seen it so uh, but you know for her to, to go the extra mile that's not she doesn't need to do that, but she does that to help the production,
1: to help the, the, tell the story of our sport. And she loves flat track and you can definitely tell. Absolutely. Uh, what you guys see at home and on those NBC shows is a hundred percent, uh, because of the teamwork on site and, you know, in the post, uh, that everybody does a pretty, pretty great job of putting that all together and pack, packaging it for you guys at home on NBCSN. Uh, be interesting to see what happens with that in the future, uh, as well. So, uh, we got one more call to put in and dude this is the one I've been excited about for a minute. Mr. Jason Andrews. Not not a lot of people knew who this guy was a couple of weeks ago and some still might be scratching their heads like who the hell's Jason Andrews? Like if you guys didn't make it to the banquet and you guys haven't been to these events, uh you might you might have seen this guy recognize the big long beard. Um but uh Jason Andrews, a hidden gem of AFT for me, like one of the coolest dudes that I that I had the pleasure of working with. Really funny dude, very talented. Uh, works on the broadcast crew, but ended up co-hosting the banquet this year.
2: Yeah, I, I I'm glad he stepped up. And Jason Wygant, it, it sounded like a good mix. You know, Wygant's more like me, buy the book, and and here's the stats, here's the facts, and here's the answer. Yeah. Uh, Andrew's shoots off the hip. He's got more one liners. You know, like when I'm when at the races, I'm hearing Brad Jones on well, the background. I Jason Andrews. I said, just what did he say? Yeah. <laughs> they tell me it makes me laugh you know because it's he just catches things and and it sometimes it's a dry sense of humor sometimes it's just blighting out there but he is a funny guy
1: he's the dude like no matter how crazy stress situations you're in he's the dude you always want on the team because he's everybody making everybody chuckle making everybody laugh great attitude never seen the guy upset or frustrated um and i I tell you man i gotta find somebody with video that banquet because i've got to hear some of the one-liners he threw out there at that banquet but you want to kind of check with him and see what the hell he's going he's been up to and what he did. What do you think of that yep, uh, co-host in the banquet?
2: Yeah, let's check in with him and uh we'll get that one taken care of and call this a show. Let's do it. Hello? Hello, Jason Andrews, what's up? What's going on,
4: Scotty Dubler?
2: <laughs> Nothing. I haven't talked to you in like uh you know, a, a
4: week. Are are you doing okay? I'm doing well. It's, it's been nearly two weeks now,
2: I feel like, right? Um. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I lose track of time. I don't know. I don't even know what day it is. I think I'm, I'm turning into Carter. You know, don't know what day it is. I think the sun's out right now. I think it's daytime. Um, but we. I want to talk about the banquet. But before we get there, I want people to know who you are because some people – said, who's this guy that showed up at the bank with this beard on his face? And he's got glasses. I don't know that he fits in. Where does he belong? So let's, let's get to know your background just a little bit. How did you get involved in doing some TV stuff?
4: So I was a broadcast journalist in the Army. You know, when I was a kid, they always told me I would end up in either Hollywood or prison <laughs> and, uh, and and now I work with American Flat Track. So so you know, so which like is, nice, which is it? Which is it? It's the gray area in the middle, right? It's uh, <laughs> it's kind of it's uh, it's kind of like one foot in two different realms. You know what I mean? So,
2: um,
4: so I was a uh, I, so I, I I you know grew up and, and, you know, my dad always told me he's like, if you sit in front of that TV all day, you're never going to amount to anything. So I, I really set out to. Uh, figure out a way to just sit in front of the TV and get paid for it all day. So um, I I ended up being, I was a broadcast journalist in the army. And then um, after the army, I I, I worked at a, um, I came back home to my hometown and worked at my uh, hometown TV station for, um, for, you know, up and up until, up until this past Friday. And and then I, I actually took a new job and, so this is my first week at my my new job at an advertising agency, and uh, I'm, I, I'm first day ever working from home, which was you know pretty nice. And uh, but I, I started with Flat Track about five years ago, um, just kind of a a random random occurrence. And um, it was I I don't know, if, you know some of the, some of your listeners might remember Nate Chesler. You know he was a lot more gregarious around the paddock than I was, um, but he said, Hey, can you fill in for us? You know, can you fill in for me doing a replay? And I, you know, went and, uh, you know, I had didn't know that there was a racetrack in Springfield, Illinois, let alone the, you know, the legendary Springfield mile. And so, you know, I've been, I've been doing flat track ever since then.
2: So what, what was your first take when you went to your first AFT flat track race?
4: So when I was a, a kid, uh, we went to my local dirt track was I 20 speedway where they do it in the dirt. That was their, that was their tagline. And so when I, I went, I, you know, I, I had no idea what to expect. Um, it was, Oh yeah, it's motorcycle racing. And I'm like, Oh, okay, but that's, you know, it's a good description. And I went and I was like, guys, I don't know if you know this, but the track is it's dirt. I don't know if anybody told you. Um, so it, it, it was, it was, you know, nostalgic for me uh to to go to because we used to go to you know i-20 speedway every saturday night and watch you know all the local guys race cars they were on four wheels and and there are other there are a ton of dirt tracks around here in the south and so we would go to different ones and you know watch uh just you know different different races at different tracks and uh so it was nostalgic for me to just be around the dirt track and so every time I go to you know every time we go to a, a track we've been to before or a new track, uh, man, it always reminds me of, of being a kid. And so I just I you know I just can't believe that uh, you know you and I get paid to go to these races. I just <laughs> I just feel like I'm pulling one over on everybody. <laughs>
2: I have to pinch myself, too, to to just know that I go to the races to go watch the best racing in the world, and I get paid to do it, too. But uh, Carter wanted me to ask you a story about uh, the gravel story about Springfield leaving with some gravel embedded in your body.
4: Okay, so a few years ago, um, the production team had those, you know, those Kimcos, right? And, you know, listen, those guys at the production truck are – um, how do I say hard on equipment? Right. <laughs> so they're like, Oh, Hey, can you, you know, when we, we, so we were at the short track and we were right, you know, going back and forth between the mile and the short track, because, you know, after the short track race, we have to get ready, you know, the next morning we're at the mile. So we were kind of going back and forth and, uh, I brought one of those Kimco's in and, uh, I just hit a patch of gravel and, um, and of course they're like, Oh yeah, we meant to tell you, you know, the brakes don't really work on that one all that well. So, you know, I'm kind (laughs) of, you know, you have to kind of stop Flintstone style and like put your foot out. And so I laid it down and I got, you know, road rash on my arm. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, of course my wife was less than happy, you know, when I called to tell her, but uh, it healed up. And there's still a tiny little piece of gravel from Springfield, embedded, and so wherever I go, I have this time. I mean it's it's small, but like my kids, you know, the kid, my kids will ask, do like, you still have that rock in your arm?" Yes, yeah, they'll have the rock in my arm. So Springfield, <laughs> Illinois, is always with me. You know,
2: that's good. That's good. I mean, if you're gonna take one place with you, you might as well be the fastest dirt oval track in the world with you. But exactly, um, exactly. So. Exactly. <laughs> so- in the truck, so I, I walk in the truck and, and mess with you guys every once in a while, but to my left to be the the front row, Brad Jones and Todd, director, producer. Row number two, you got Brian. I don't even know what he does. Uh what happens in row number three? You sit back there by yourself and, and keep everybody on their toes and tell everybody tells jokes. But what what is your official role other than going to watch the motorcycle races?
4: So I do uh, the re- I run the replay system. So when we we roll instant replays, that's me. Um I'm also responsible for all those wonderful long commercial breaks that we play. Uh <laughs> try to make sure, you know, we pay all the bills. So if anybody uh-huh. goes, "I feel like I've seen this commercial 15 times today." That's me. You're welcome for that. Okay. Uh, so I roll all the commercials and then uh I I uh they call it shading cameras. So um you know making sure the the colors on the cameras look good and uh, you know they're bright enough or you know dark enough during the day so um i i'm i'm an expert multitasker so in in the actually in the old truck i did replay and i did audio so they 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 swapped out audio for camera shading in the new truck for me so it's a little you know a little less responsibility i guess but also more mm-hmm. at the same time so you know and oh and i make wise cracks all day that's all day that's what i do
2: all you know and day. that's i always tell him. i said just give me give me put a microphone back there so i can hear jason's one-liners all day to keep me to keep me motivated because we're when we go live we're usually live for eight hours seven hours nine hours twelve hours whatever it seems like sometimes an eternity but just, if i can hear you tell a joke or two or or make a funny saying about something that happened on the racetrack it, it makes it worthwhile to me and makes the day go faster
4: you know, you got to have fun. Right. And, and I'm all about just, you know, whatever pops in my mind. And, um, you know, I, I talk to myself a lot. And so, uh, you know, I'm just one of those people, right. I just talk to myself as, you know, I can be in the house all by myself and I talk to myself as I'm doing chores around the house. But, uh, mm-hmm. if, if I hear something, I just have some smart aleck response to it. And so yep. I feel the need to share that with everybody else in the truck. And, you know, you get to hear it in your headset, but you can't, Always share that over the live stream. Most of the time what I say is it's uh, it's definitely more TV MA uh, than yeah. it is PG. Yeah. So, you know, that's why we, we can't share that with the viewers at home, you know. It-
2: and, and and one thing you forgot to tell everybody is you are the king, not just the king, you are the king of the rollouts, which is the videos that we play at the end of the live broadcast with highlights throughout the day. I don't know how you keep track of all that stuff and when you have time to to make all that, but the rollout packages, when I'm trying to sign off and tell everybody good night, you're playing some of the best stuff from all day long. So you are the king. Of the rollouts
4: I am Well, that that's actually my favorite part of the job is to build that throughout the day and find all the I I try to find all the really random shots you know um you know if we can get you know some really old overweight guy without his shirt on and he's sucking down two Budweiser's at once while smoking a Marlboro (laughs) he's going in the rollout like if we get a shot of that guy you can bet money he's going in the rollout so um Anytime during, you know, writer intros, if somebody does something goofy, I'm I'm putting you in there. You know, I'm putting you in there. So Okay. Uh, you know I, 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 that's that's actually the best part of the job you know so how,
2: how do you how do you do that do you just thumbnail it do you just say oh, I'm saving that one for later and you just slide it over to a certain spot i mean how do you in, in layman's term because I've never sat in your shoes and played with all the toys you got back there but how do you remember those little spots and and you just snag them and, and throw them together as you see them or how do you how do you make time to do that
4: so during the day I can see all the cameras um, at once. And so I just, I'm watching, you know, you know, eight, eight monitors at once, basically. And so I can see all the cameras. And so if I see something, I'll roll it back. Uh, you know, it's like having rewind on your old VCR. And so I'll roll it back and I'll clip it out and I'll label it something, you know, I'll label it something that makes sense to me. And, uh, so, and then I kind of have a folder, basically a playlist, if you will, um, and I'll just kind of stick it in that playlist. And at the end of the day, I kind of rearrange things and move it around and I pick the music track. And so I kind of usually at the start of the day, I'll pick my music track and I'll try to, you know, find something like if we're in Texas, you know, you want to find a good Texas theme, right? Like if you're, you know, you're out, like when we were in Sacramento, I'm like, yeah, it's California. Let's try to find something with like a, a beach surfer vibe to it, you know? And so you kind of, you know, trying to match the timing of your, your clips and all that kind of stuff to the music. And, uh, you know, you kind of add it in there. And I, I try to tell a little bit of a story with it. Like when we were in Charlotte, I was like, okay, you know, you definitely want to find some clips of of Jared and Briar and Dallas and Max. And, you know, you want to find, you know, you want to tell a little bit of a story at the end of the day. And, um, you know, if the track was really rough, um, you know, like when we were in Laconia a couple of years ago, you know, you want to find a lot of, you know, the guys just beating the bikes, you know, I mean, that track was rough. So you just, you want to try to tell a little bit of a story. So i just pull out clips, label them and stick them in a little, you know, it's kind of like, you know, a, a music Spotify list, right? Like you just kind of okay. stick them in there and you edit them down at the end of the day and, you know, and just so, time it to the music.
2: And, and, and once again, we have the U S army to thank for your skills.
4: We do. I I uh, I had kind of played with video and and photography, um, you know, before. And I was I listen. I'm to say that I'm cheap is an understatement. I'm just <laughs> you know I'm freaking frugal, right? So uh-huh. I was determined that I was not going to take out a student loan to go to you know to go to college, and so I paid for my first two years of school. Uh, to go to tech school and I, you know, ran out of money. And um, so I was like, well, I, you know, I could join the army and do the Montgomery GI bill and, and they'll pay for school. I can finish my degree that way. And so I went down to my recruiter's office and uh, I took the test and the, and the guy was like, man, you can pretty much take any job you want. And it was uh broadcast journalism or military intelligence. And I was like, well, I don't think you guys want to tell me too many secrets. So um, <laughs> I was like, I'm not sure how far we're going to pass the background check with me on that one. So they, um, they, I, I, I became a broadcast journalist and uh, the, the duty station I was at the longest was Fort hood in Texas. Mm-hmm. And I hosted a, um, there was a 30 minute show every week and, and I got, it was Fort hood on track. And so I was, um, yeah, I hosted that show for, I don't know, probably, probably a good six months, seven months. And so every week you could, you know, turn on your TV and find out about the the goings on of all the units that were from Fort hood. And I I was the, the host of the show. So, you know, that was the army taught me how to, gave me a good foundation of, of video editing and shooting and all that stuff. And then, you know, I've, I've, I've been very fortunate to be around a, a lot of amazing people along the way and learned a lot and um they just kinda let me goof off and you know, that's the that's the best way to learn is just kinda goof off and you know, figure out what you can. Now I I mostly make my my day job is I mostly make T V commercials.
2: So cool. Cool. Well, you also went with me when Carter departed American Flat Track to go chase his dream somewhere else or, or whatever happened. I'm not going to throw anything. Right whatever, there or say, yeah, yeah. whatever. Whatever happened with them. Uh, you got to do the pit walk with me a little bit. It was either you or Nathan Chesler and the pit walk to me. That's my favorite part of the day. I haven't brought it back just yet. Hopefully next year, I think you and I should bring it back.
4: I, I think if nothing else, even if it's not, you know, officially sanctioned by American Flat Track, I think left out uh, would be a really good, you know, avenue for us to to, to put it out there, right? I mean, don't you think Absolutely. we can do that? As long as we not get fired I, I
2: for, <laughs> as long as we don't get fired for using their content, but if if yeah, I think we can walk that fine line.
4: Yeah, well, listen, you you ask for forgiveness instead of permission, and you just do it. And, um, you know, who's going to say no,
2: you know? Exactly, especially to us. I mean, we're the two main things for Flat Track. I mean,
4: right? If if we're gone, they can't have a show. That's true. I mean, really. I mean, well, you know, I mean, I did host the banquet, so I feel like I've got some clout now. So, you
2: know. Right. Well, speaking of the banquet, how in the world did – did did you get asked to do that? Did you ask to do that? Because originally myself and Kristen B weren't supposed to be in town uh for the banquet. It was supposed to be Saturday. We were supposed to be in Reno doing the uh the induro cross. So what transpired? How did you get that job? Are you trying to get my job or do you just want to be the host of the banquet?
4: So I um the between two turns that Ricky did was kind of an idea that I joked about that. You know, it's like, hey, we should do the you know, I should do this thing and just, you know, go ask, you know, the writers random questions. And uh and I was all for, you know, just the idea coming to fruition. So uh you and I were at the airport and you had made the comment to me that you're like, Yeah, I don't know who's gonna host the banquet because Kristen and I aren't gonna be there. And Ricky was supposed to do um you know, he 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 had another engagement that day. And so I mentioned it to Zach Prescott, our production manager. And I said, hey, you know, if you need me to host the banquet, just let me know. And so I said it a couple times. And then uh, about two weeks later, he's like, hey, are you you serious about hosting the banquet? And I was like, yeah, man, if you guys want me to. I was like, I I would love to. I'm like, I would love to get up there. And next thing I know, she was like, hey, so you're going to host the banquet for us. And so it just kind of snowballed. And um, I don't really I don't really overthink things before they happen. I'm, I think about it after the fact, and by then it's already too late. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, it's too late to change anything. But so, yeah, it just kind of snowballed. And, and because none of you guys were available, uh, they were more than happy to put me up there. And I'm like, now, listen, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to make jokes. And, you know, I'm like, people may laugh, they may not. I'm not, I don't really care. I hope they have a good time at the banquet. I hope they enjoy it, but, uh, you know, so yeah, it was, you know, I could never take, I could never take your place, Scotty.
2: I could never take your well, place. Well, you can take my place at the banquet all you want. So um, how, how did it go? I, I didn't get to go, but how was the banquet? I, I heard you did a fantastic job. So how did it go in, in your opinion? Did
4: everything play out? Did people like your jokes? You know, I, I, I think the people that know me really well, Um, kind of knew what to expect. I think there was a large contingent of people that were like, hey, I've seen that guy around the paddock. He's the one that always goes, hey, you're doing a hell of a job. Keep up the good work. And they're like, I have no idea who this guy is, but I I feel good that he told me I'm doing a good job. Um, Uh Or I just walk by and make snide remarks. You know, they're like, oh, it's the bearded guy that walks around with Scotty at the missing food tent, you know. So I don't think they quite knew how to take me at first, um, but I think by the end of the night, you know, it 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 went pretty well. My, my one of my favorite parts was I I, I made uh, you know kind of made a joke about the competition in the singles class, you know, was the was the best bar none. The mustaches, not so much. And so when uh, <laughs> Maxwell Whale came up to accept, you know, his his award. Uh, he kind of dug back and it, t- it made me so happy. Uh, I yep. was like, yeah, so like, cause I, if you can, if you, if you dish it out, you gotta be able to, you know, take it. And so he, he made a comment. He's like, my guy over here has got, you know, more hair on his face than he does on his head. So it just tickled me. I was like, yes, this guy gets me. So, uh, so yeah, so Maxwell, you know, he, he, I don't, you're, we're not supposed to pick favorites, but he, he might be my new favorite just, you know, because he, he, he dug back at me. So, yeah, so I enjoyed it. I, I hope everybody had a great time. You know, everybody I know told me I did really well, um, considering I don't, you know, particularly do this for a living. But um, it, it was, I had a blast. I, I hope everybody there had a good time. I I really enjoyed it. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, know, it was a really cool venue too, right? I grew up a huge NASCAR fan. And so... Going to, and I was a big Dale Earnhardt fan as a kid, so going to DEI was, it was just kind of, it was, we got to go into the main building, um, got to go in the main building before we went down to the pavilion, basically, where the, the banquet was held, and so to go in there was just, it was kind of unreal, and there was this lovely woman who worked there, she works in the archives, her name was Donna, she uh, saw me looking in the showroom and she's like, would you like to, to go in there? I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I got to walk <laughs> in there and see all the cars that they had. They had like Michael Waltrip's Daytona 500 car, mm. Dale jr's 500 winning car. I got to see all the Winston cup trophies. And to me, that was just, it was something else like I, it you know, and then you go down the hill and it's just this beautiful property this amazing pavilion. And I guess the story is they built the pavilion for um, his daughter's wedding and then said, well, I guess we could rent it out for, you know, for events. So, you know, I want to tell my daughters, don't expect that. Like I'm not building you a pavilion. I'm So, uh-huh. but it was just, it was a gorgeous, it was a gorgeous property. It was a, amazing weather, especially considering what we've dealt with most of the season. Uh, It was amazing weather, amazing venue, so pretty. I mean, it was just so pretty. It was, um, it it was, they did a, you know, really good job for the banquet. And, you know, I I see that the, the, you know, the pre-release of the schedule has us finishing the season in Charlotte next year would totally not hurt my feelings if we did the banquet there again next year.
2: And, and hopefully you'll be announcing it again next year and hopefully you're invited back next year. And you, and you mentioned the schedule kind of, they did a, a provisional schedule, so to speak at the banquet. Uh, a lot of, a lot of places we haven't been to in a while, a couple of new tracks and you know, a couple of TBAs on there. Um, what, what race are you most looking forward to in 2022?
4: All of them. Uh, no, I, I, you know, I'm, I I can speculate because, you know, I'm not an official AFP employee here, but the, you know, TBD South uh, that's mid-April that happens to fall on the same weekend as the Bristol NASCAR race. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm speculating. However, I think that would be pretty cool. Um, I'm looking, I've never been to Washington State. uh, Okay. You know, so I don't know what to expect out of a TT there, but that looks that sounds really cool. I'm, I'm, you know, um, I, I sent the, a picture, you know, of the schedule to uh, our producer and his response was, I see at least six rainouts." <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like, well, Washington state, you know, they're kind of known for it, but, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I'm looking forward to, I'm, you know, is. I, right now I, I you know when the season ends you kind of get excited to you know spend i'm excited to spend the holidays with my family and and you know be home on the weekend but you know then january will roll around and i'll just be ready to get back to it and um you know start the season again so i it's the camaraderie and, and it's you know it's it's a giant family it's a big traveling circus however you want to put it but i you know i'm looking forward to the whole season you know there there are, there's always Stories that you don't expect throughout the year and you know that's i you know like seeing uh seeing Davis Fisher win that was a, that was great man like seeing you know just you see these guys or seeing uh you know Mishler win like I, I like seeing those guys that like and just the pure unadulterated joy in their faces you know so um I to me it's I like going to these different places, but it's the whole environment for me. So, you know, I, right. I don't go out and do much. I'm more of a homebody. Like I go to the hotel and go to bed early. You know, it's like, oh, hey, you want to go out and party? I'm like, by party, you mean go to sleep at nine, you know, nine at night. And then, yes, that's what I want to do. So I'm looking forward to, you know, just, just the whole season, man. It's it's There's some cool, cool venues. My father-in-law lives in Texas. And so we already told them, we FaceTimed with them a couple nights ago and uh, we told them like, Hey, I'm probably going to bring my, you know, my wife and kids with me again when we go to Texas. So that's always a good one. So, and I'm not saying just because of Bucky's, but you know, <laughs> I think that's why we're all, I think that's why we put that on the schedule every year.
2: Yeah. Just so we can go to Bucky's across the street and load up. And uh, yeah, and, you know, the only thing that, 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 I didn't really care for about Charlotte and it's not because I didn't care for it, but Davis didn't get to celebrate right after his race because unfortunately we had to run a few more races. I wanted I wanted that pure emotion when he came off the racetrack and and we kind of missed that because we had to run a few more races and then we did all the podiums. So that that part kind of sucks for Davis Fisher, you know.
4: You know, I really hated to see that. Well, and um, in the same way with uh, Janish at you know, I mean, it, it, when you when there's a delay between. You know, the like, if the guys win, in, let's put, let's, you know, I'm it's the TV in me. I'm like, let's put a camera in their face, man. Like, let's right. get it, like, you know, right then. You know, I want to see all that joy. So, yeah, I'm with you on that one. It's, you know, it, it, it was, I mean, there was really not a way around it, unfortunately, right. Um, right. because of the way the schedule was. But, yeah, you kind of, you know, you, you, you got to see it on the backstretch. You know, you got to see it on the track. But yeah. it is, it's not quite. It's not quite the
2: same. So, well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Uh, I heard you did a wonderful job. Me, like me and Carter, we're trying to figure out a way so we can watch it because used to they used to stream the the, the banquet. Um, we haven't seen it. We're looking for a way to watch it. Uh, but I heard you did a great job and and keep keep up the one-liners in the truck that keeps my day going and makes me uh makes me happy and uh man i'm just i'm just glad you're my friend and uh, a good friend of carter's as well and we appreciate you stopping by the podcast so we could tell your side of the story and how you got to be the host of the banquet
4: well thank you thanks for having me man i i you know i've made some great friends working with flat track and uh, i hope to make many more and you know now if, You know, people see me around the paddock and they're like, hey, it's the, you know, the bearded banquet guy. Like, man, come up. (laughs) I'm not much of a, you know, go to chat with people, but if come up and chat with me and we'll have some random conversation about something. But uh, I hope everybody enjoyed the banquet. Hope everybody was entertained. You know, that that's that was the most important part. But looking already looking forward to next season.
2: Absolutely. Uh, Good luck on your new job. Sounds like day one went well. Good luck on your new job. And hopefully we'll see you. Before too much longer, and we'll be ready to to get the show going again. The Rolling Circus will take off at Daytona in March.
1: Sounds good. We'll see you guys
2: then. Thanks,
1: Scotty. Jason Andrews, ladies and gentlemen. The man with the beard. I love that
2: and guy. That was awesome. That was that was awesome. It's good to get his take on on the uh, on the banquet, how it unfolded, how he got the job of, to do it. Yeah. And what he what he does for the AT production team and, and what he does in that big you know production truck. So it, it's pretty cool to check in with him.
1: Well, I love it, dude. I've known that guy for a couple years now, having worked with him a little bit on the production side, and I even learned a thing or two in that interview. So always super cool to have people on to talk through. Always awesome to introduce people that people might have seen there in the. In the in the pits or on the tv compound and not really had an idea who the hell it was um jason andrews hell of a dude and uh hopefully it's not his last banquet because i gotta make it next year if he's co-hosting again
2: well yeah i think i'll set out next year even if i if even if i go i'm gonna let him host it so i can just sit back and relax there you go i love it well dude well episode 204 what do you got i was gonna say before we sign off we have some new patrons we'll like say thanks to tim and janelle for coming on board so they are our, our our followers on patreon are growing and growing and growing and it is it is much appreciated we do this because we love the sport and we're we'll continuing to grow this little project that carter and i have and we we definitely
1: appreciate each and every one of you hey, i appreciate everybody that's reached out all the uh, the the conversations we've had in the past couple weeks and support uh from you guys patrons are are a huge help uh to to build what we're building here and uh it's it is it's growing it's cool man uh, little by little we're uh, growing a nice little community of, of folks who want to hear about the flat track world and uh, stay updated so it's pretty cool uh let us know if you have any questions hit us up on our dms like this share this let everybody know that doesn't know about off the groove that uh we're here every week talking about flat track you got anything else scotty that's it. Uh, just have a good
2: weekend, everybody. Keep it on. Uh, keep it on four wheels, Carter. Be careful. Have fun up there in Virginia. I'm jealous. It's gonna be a I'll good be time. Out, but, but I'm going out there. Gonna hang out with Graham and Pa, and they're gonna go to the enduro cross and check that out. And uh, we'll do that Saturday night. And we'll talk to everybody next week. Peace. Later.
1: If you're anywhere in the ashland virginia area come on up it's gonna be a good time Same rva flat track. same goes what? same goes for prescott
2: valley arizona we raced at the prescott mile yeah there's an arena right beside there and that's where i'm gonna be at this weekend three time zones apart mm-hmm. wow right on all right man thanks patrons we appreciate you